0: All right. Good morning. Um, for today, we we are back in uh, Luke again, and uh, someone's trying to call me right now. <laughs> All right. Um, so we are in. Uh, we finished Luke thirteen last week, so now we're in Luke fourteen. And uh, in this, this passage, we have uh, the kingdom of the humble. And so, uh, in this passage, we're going to see that, that uh, Jesus is invited to a meal, and then uh, at this meal, he takes uh, opportunities several times to address some things that are going on and uh, to give some parables and to just uh, talk in really confusing ways in the way that, that Jesus usually does in these situations. And so... Um if, uh, if you're new here, we started Luke uh, a long time ago. I can't even remember <laughs> when we started that. And, and we, we've been uh, slowly going through Luke uh, verse by verse. And then we uh, took several weeks off and, uh, and did a different series. And then last week, Dan brought us back. Um, and so I'm just going to start reading here. So... One Sabbath, when he went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? Go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who, he had, invited, who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid but when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who reclined at table with him heard these things, he said to him, "Blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God." But he said to him, "A man who once gave a great banquet and invited many. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and crippled and blind and lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done, and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet." And let's pray. Father, we, uh, we thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to come together as a body, um, to sing praises to you, and uh, to lift you up. We, we thank you for the opportunity to, to, um, to read your word, to uh, learn from it. Uh, Father, I, I pray that, uh, that you would help me this morning to, um, to rightly examine your word and, and that you would uh, use this opportunity to speak to us, and, uh, and, Father, just uh, let, us, uh, let us remember um, that, uh, that Jesus did come, that, that he did live a life, and, um, and that, that we have uh, the great joy of being able to, to read his words and, and to be able to learn from those. And we pray in your name. Amen. All right. So, um, when I sit down and, and try to work through a sermon, one of the first things I do usually is I, I just I read through the passage And then I just write down a list of questions that I have when I'm done with the passage. And uh, reading through this, um, I I had several questions of just, like, what in the world is going on? Um, Why why is Jesus invited to this meal? Is is it set up like a trap? Is is he invited in earnest? What what, was he trying to accomplish in this? What is dropsy? Um, Why was that guy there? Um, I, I don't have answers to all of those. I'll, I'll try to touch on some of them. But um, what, one of the things that, that's clear through the whole passage is, is that uh, the kingdom of Jesus is, is, a, is a kingdom that belongs to the humble. And, and in this, um, Jesus is, is saying something that, that we've heard over and over. And, and Jesus says this in, in lots of different passages in the New Testament. Um, you know, he, he talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. He talks about this in, in parable after parable, that that the kingdom of God is not is not the rich, it's not the the powerful, it's it's not the religious elite, but the kingdom of God is, is all these other subsets of people. And so that that's something that that when we read it, it just kind of, well, yeah, that's that's what it is, and and we just kind of gloss over it. But in in this moment when when Jesus is talking to this, um, he he's talking to. Uh, rich and powerful and the religious elite that, that he gets invited to this meal that we know that that that's who's there and so it's it's not something that they're just glossing over or accepting it's it's something that's completely upending everything that they believe so again jesus the, the kingdom of jesus belongs to those who are humble it's it's not to those who hunger to control religious institution or to hold power over others um, Jesus is invited to this dinner uh, by some Pharisees. Um, again, one, one of my questions was, is, is this Pharisee like one of those that, that Dan mentioned last week, that, that just because you were a Pharisee didn't mean you were an evil person, that there were, there were some that were uh, pro-Jesus, and then there were a lot more who were against Jesus. And so um, I thought, you know, maybe, maybe this is one of the guys that just likes Jesus, and, and so he invited him to dinner. Um, it, it appears at least that, that some of them were more just there just to watch Jesus and to see what he would do or say, and to see if they could catch him in an error um, one, one of the important things I think we see in in this passage and, and we see in other passages in the New Testament is is that Jesus shared meals with people, um, not, not just this one time that, that Jesus is constantly he 's sharing meals with people he 's He's sharing meals with, with a multitude of people, with, with the religious leaders, with his disciples, with tax collectors and neighbors and friends and their relatives. Jesus is constantly sharing meals with others, and he's using that as an opportunity to share the gospel message. And so um, in, in this passage, uh, before we jump in there, like I said, we, we had been in Luke for a long time, but we had this, this big... Uh, break in there, and so in I should have underlined this but uh in in the uh the chapter right before this there there was a right there the the situation of uh the woman with the disabling spirit right and so in this this happens to be on a sabbath it says uh that that this woman Um, that Dan had had preached about that that had been bent over for all this time that uh, the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus healed on the Sabbath, said to the people there are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. And then so I I think it's it's no coincidence that in the very next chapter we see Jesus gets invited to a, a meal with some Pharisees and it's on the Sabbath and as Jesus is coming in to this meal, there just so happens to be a guy there who uh, is disabled, and so um, we we see this man uh, who, who is hurting, who who has uh, it says he has dropsy, and so um, this may not be something that interests anyone else, but at first that was my thought: is what is, what is dropsy? Like I've never heard of dropsy, I've never seen someone that's suffering with this and so dropsy uh, apparently is just that it's a, a disease where your your internal organs fail and as a result your body is filling with fluid and so it might, it might be in one location it might be all over your body but, but uh, you know it's, it's like the girl in Willy Wonka that's filling up with, with the juice like your body is just gross and disgusting and, and people don't want to be around you because of it um, and again, in, in, in the culture, it was generally seen that if, if you had a disease like this, uh, it wasn't the result of something happened to you and you just have a disease, but it's the result of, of you have sinned and you have sinned greatly, and as a result, God is punishing you with this disease. And so um, Jesus sees this man who is hurting and he has compassion on him. Again, we have, we have very little details about the specific man's circumstance. Uh, we, we don't know if, if he heard that Jesus was going to be here and, and he came there, or maybe one of the Pharisees brought him in specifically and invited him just to, to, tempt, or, or to test Jesus in this situation and see what Jesus would do. Um, the truth is, Luke doesn't really seem to care about those details. Uh, we do, what we do know is that, that Jesus... Uh, saw the lawyers and the Pharisees watching him to see what he would do in this situation. And, uh, and what he does is, is Jesus, um, he turns around and, and he asks them a question. And so he says, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? And their answer was nothing. They just remained silent and didn't want to answer him. And so uh, I think what, what we, uh, hold on. All right, I've got it in here. So, uh, what what we see is that uh, that they were caught. If if they answered this, then then it was going to expose how how they were going to interpret the question, and they didn't want to answer that question. They wanted to see how Jesus was going to answer that question, and so um, I, I think what what's most important here is we see that that Jesus didn't really care about answering their question and, and that all that Jesus cared about was, was this man and he was compassionate towards him. Um, and so again, he before anyone responds, Jesus offers up another question. And in this one, Jesus says, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? And their answer was nothing. Again, they couldn't respond. Um, and so there's a uh, there's a verse here, I think. Um, ben, at the uh, I had one right after the passage. So there, there's a Jesus here. He is uh, he's responding to Deuteronomy 22:4. Says, "So you shall not see your brother's donkey or his ox fallen down by the way and ignore them. You shall help him to lift them up again." And so the the religious leaders are are trying to catch Jesus in this trap and and use um, this, this law about what, what, what can you do on the Sabbath or not. And so Jesus turns it around and brings in another law from the Old Testament, which tells them that if, if your brother's ox falls in, into a, a pit or falls down, that you have to help him. So he's saying, if, if this happens on, a, on the Sabbath, what are you going to do? Are, are you going to follow this? or Are you going to follow this? And so, again, they're stuck, and they just apparently don't respond at all. And so, uh, as usual, Jesus is putting emphasis on the kingdom of God, that that the kingdom of God is not strict adherence to the law, but rather the kingdom of God is defined by humility and putting others' needs before our own. So the second lesson that that we see is uh, a lesson for guests. And so um, Jesus uses their their silence, uh, that they are not able to respond uh, to offer up another parable. And in this situation, uh, Jesus offers a scenario. So you're invited to a feast. You're, you're one of the earliest arrivals. Where do you sit? Do you take the best seat for yourself? Um, do, you, do you try to sit right by the host? No. You don't know who has been invited to this uh, to this meal. Maybe there's been a very special guest who's been invited and, and you will be asked to move. And then in that you're going to be humiliated and you'll have to sit at the very last seat available and sit in this place of dishonor. So it is better to choose the worst seat. Then when the host comes in and he sees you and and maybe you do have a higher position of honor, then he'll come and he'll ask you to move to a better seat. And so that situation, you'll, you'll be given this honor. So In in this part, I think it's important to notice that that this parable isn't just Jesus. He's he's not out in a field just giving a parable. Um, He's he's literally sitting at a table, sharing a meal that he was invited to. And so in in reading this passage, I I just imagine this scenario. So so here's here's Jesus. He's sitting. He's looking around. He's seeing where everyone uh, decided to sit, and, and he's speaking about it. And so then... I imagine this, this guy who, who showed up early, and he got there, and, uh, and he picked out the perfect spot, and he sits down, and he's just thinking to himself, like, like I really nailed this situation. I got here early. I got the best spot. Like, everyone's going to notice that I'm sitting over here by the host, and, and, I, and I'm just going to, like, really get some glory out of the situation. And so then I imagine this guy, he's, he's, now he's getting really self-conscious about where he's currently sitting. Um, and and he's suddenly very uncomfortable with where he's sitting at, and, he, and he's wishing he had picked a different spot to sit at. So uh, then, right after that, so Jesus gives gives a lesson to, to the guests, and then he decides to give a lesson to the host. So uh, Jesus then gives them a second parable. And in this one he says, so... Uh, he said to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So, uh, essentially, Jesus is... is uh, he's telling us... So, I, again, I imagine... He, he spoke to the people who are sitting there, and a, as he's doing that, and they're getting uncomfortable about where they're sitting, now the host is sitting there, and the host is, is like thinking the same thing. He's like, yeah, I invited this guy, and look where he sit. He sat. And I invited this person, and he sat over here, and there's no way he should have sat there, and he's, and he's just like really building himself up in his mind, and he's judging everyone else around him. And then Jesus says... And here's how to host a party. Don't invite all your friends and relatives and, and the people that you would like to schmooze. And forget about inviting people who are able to, to pay you back by attending and rather invite those who are desperate to get in, like those who are hungry and alone and lost and disconnected from God and from society. Like When you have a meal, invite those people. Invite the people who have nothing to offer you. And so now the host sees everyone is looking at him and he's looking back, and he's seeing the people that he's invited, and now he's feeling super self-conscious. And now pretty much everyone in the room feels uncomfortable and feeling like they probably just should not have invited Jesus to this meal anyway. <laughs> and so then everyone's feeling, everyone's feeling weird, and, and I imagine there's just this, like Jesus says that, and then there's just this pause, and no one knows what to say. And so then um, he finishes saying that, and then this one random guy just shouts out, blessed is everyone who will eat the bread in the kingdom of God. And I, I imagine he's, he's saying that just to kind of like break the tension, like it's just weird, and Jesus just t- talked about eating. So yeah, like let's, blessed is, is the, the future uh, messianic banquet, and again, Luke doesn't give me the details that I want to know in this situation. Like, who was this man? Like, what? Um, and and why did he respond with this? Like, was was he being sincere? Uh, is he really looking forward to this? Is he just trying to break the tension? Is it, is he just? Is he trying to like use the situation to, to bring some focus back on himself? I think what he's saying is, won't it be great at the Messianic feast? And at the same time, he's completely oblivious that he's currently sharing a meal with the Messiah himself. And so uh, this means that the man is looking forward to eating with the Messiah while literally eating with the Messiah. And he's also showing that the Pharisees assume that they're the ones that are going to be at the Messianic feast. And so, uh, as soon as he says it, again, Jesus doesn't just respond like, hey, that was dumb, don't say that. Jesus takes the time to turn this into yet another parable. And so, uh, this, this is the, the longest one here. And this is the one that is probably the most confusing out of these. Uh, these other ones seem like a pretty simple answer in that Jesus is just saying, like, when you go somewhere... Think about other people. Don't just think about yourself. And so this parable at at, at first seems like the odd one out. The others are dealing directly with with something that's that's literally happening in the room. Uh, But at a closer look, this last parable ties with the other parables and events in the room all together. So he's speaking to the outcasts, the guests. Um, He's speaking to the host. He's speaking to the Pharisees. He's, again, even speaking to that random dude that was talking about the messianic feast. So in, in this situation, or in, in this parable we see here, um, again, this, Jesus is giving this parable as a direct response to what, what the guy just said. And so um, we, we can see then that, that, he's ta- that this great banquet that he's talking about is like the messianic feast. This is, this is uh, God's kingdom coming down to earth. And so uh, we see some of the invited guests here have refused to come. So, uh, hold on. Um, I get, so, the man gave this great banquet and invited many. And at time for the banquet, he sent his servant away to all who had been invited. And come, for everything is now ready. And then we see that the, the, the guy goes to three different people, and these three different people give, give three excuses. And so, like, like the, the Pharisees in a religious elite that that are here at this meal with Jesus. We we see those that have have refused to come in in the manner that that the the host has asked. And so then, uh, after the servant came back and reported to his master that these people had refused to come, then the master of the house became angry and says to his servant, go quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And so the the servant goes out and he does that, and so in this situation we, we see that the uh, um, that the outcasts are brought in um, and so uh, I think in this situation he's he's specifically speaking to uh, the, these Jewish people here at this meal, and so he's telling them that, that the least of those in israel the the lepers, the prostitutes, the unclean like those are the people that that get invited into the meal. but then we see that the servant tells the master what, he, what he's done, and the master tells him, go back out, go to the highways and the hedges, and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who are invited shall taste my banquet. So here we see even even the more distant outcasts are brought in. So um, that's us, that's, that's the Gentiles, that's the people who were seen completely outside of the fold of God. They're, they're brought in. And so um, meals in in the ancient Mediterranean, sorry, similar on that, were, uh, th- these were generally used as, as a way to uh, promote one's social status and, and to signal who, who's the social insider, who's the social outsider. Um, I had an image that I was going to try to show, and when I put it up on there, it was way too small and, and detailed. You couldn't really see anything. Uh, but, but the idea was just to talk about, like, in... Um, in an honor and shame culture generally you you have you have like uh especially in in uh in roman greek culture where, where jesus is speaking to people you have uh you have the emperor and who is the the highest position of honor and then as it kind of goes down and it fans out you you have um you have the religious elite you you had the um the 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 uh the military and and people who were who are of high honor uh, of rich people who held social status and then down at the bottom we we have all of all of these outcasts we have um people who had disabilities we have people who were poor we have um people who just have have nothing and and they're completely separated from uh the rest of society and so when jesus is talking about this he's talking about um being separated from society as, as well as talking about being separated from God. And so, um, again, just in, in this situation, so uh, th- those people that, that live in this honor-shame culture, they're, they're always looking at every social interaction as, how does this bring me more honor? And in almost any situation where where they're looking at how to bring themselves more honor, that generally means that someone else is receiving lower honor. That that it's that's the only way to to move up is as I, I become higher, as someone else becomes lower. And so as Jesus is, is walking through this and, and talking about this, like again, he's he's completely blowing their their mind on on what society looks like. That. Um, that god 's kingdom isn 't trying to build up honor for yourself and, and looking down on other people but in, in god 's kingdom that everyone is going to be invited, and that um, in that they 're going to be on on equal footing um, that, um, that, that we know from from the rest of of the New Testament that that uh, the poor and the blind and the lame and, and whoever whatever social outcast um, in in Christ we are all the same. we all have the same equal footing that 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 we are um adopted as as sons of god as as believers and so um back to the situation with with the excuses that are given here um, the excuses are lame like it's not you know they're not like you know hey uh my brother was just stabbed and i'm i'm trying to help him survive and not die like um it, it's it's things that there is no pressing immediacy on and and there there's possibility that in this jesus is talking about uh some specific uh verses in deuteronomy where they give reasons for a man doesn't have to go to war um like that he's just built a house or he's planted a vineyard or that he's recently married um but even if he is in that then then that shows that the person who's given the excuse is, tr- is trying to use a, a, a verse out of context in a situation where, you know, like, those are there because you wouldn't want to go do, go to war if you've just done those things because you might die at war. But you're not going to die if you go to a banquet. Um, not likely. Um, and and so uh, the the important thing that, that we see here is, is that the people who are, who are choosing not to go to the banquet they they're esteeming possessions, and family relationships more um, than they should. Uh, it seems as if Jesus is describing a situation where the, where the guests have, have maybe, they, they've organized a plan to snub the host and, and to publicly humiliate him. The the fact that all, all the people he invited just suddenly all at the same time decided not to come to his, his meal. And so the host is focusing... Um, he's focusing on filling his house rather on uh, trying to repay those invited guests with some kind of dishonor. And he's, he's focusing on those who he invites and, uh, and, and the people that he invites shows that the, the host is, he's rejecting these cultural expectations of, of who would be invited to the meal. Jesus, again, he's, he's showing us the kingdom of God. He's showing that, that the outcasts will no longer be cast out, that the blind, the deaf, the poor, um, these are going to be the, the people who are, are given a place of honor. Um, Jesus isn't just saying, like, be nice to those who need it. He, he's completely turning their, their eschatological view on their head. Like he's saying, like, in the end, at the great feast, when, when Israel is brought in and, and they dine with the Messiah, like, it's not going to be the people in the place of honor that you think of. It's, it's going to be all these people that, that you've cast out and you've told have no access to God and, and you've treated like dirt, like those are going to be the people that that are going to be given this this place of honor. And so uh, in the end here, in, in application, first of all, I want to say that giving a sermon on humility is a little weird and that Um, I'm not trying to say in any of these application points that this is what I've done, and this is how I figured it out, and now you guys need to do this also. Uh, But these application points are me saying, in reading the Scripture, these are the things that I'm convicted on and I need to work on, and if the Spirit is convicting me on these things, that maybe you might get some benefit out of this as well. So, uh, the first application point here is, is are you seeking to build honor and respect and reputation among those around you? Or are you seeking to humble yourself and lift up those around you? And so, while, while we, we may not live in the same type of honor-shame culture that, that Jesus was living in and, and talking to people in, in uh, first century Judea, like we, we still live in a culture where, where we try to build up ourselves and, and maybe like maybe you do that through social media. Maybe you build up yourself with the the vehicles that you drive or the house that you live in or the the job that you have and your position and title. Like just ask yourself like how, how is, what are you taking pride in and, and building your life around? And when you have opportunity for interaction with others, like are you using those interactions to try and, and get something for yourself? Like are, are you making friends with someone because of their position in the community and you think that might better me and that might give me some kind of opportunity in the future? Or are you just seeking to, um, to lift up those around you, lifting up the, the hurting in your community? The second application point here is, is are you sharing your life with other people? Are you sharing meals with your church body, your MC, your hurting neighbors? When you invite people into your life, are you seeking to make your life easier or more fun or raise your social status? Or are you inviting those who are lonely and hurting, sharing your life and caring for them and sharing with them the good news of the power of the gospel? And so... um, I, I, again, I, I'm not saying this from a position of, a, I've, I figured this out, but I'm saying from a position of someone who uh, who generally doesn't like to uh, go and do things with other people all the time. Um, I know that I need to invite more people into my life and, and share my life with more people and um, you know not just uh, eat, eat a thing of ramen noodles in my office during my lunch break because I don't want to go see people, but it's important to go share meals with people and share time with people because if you're not doing that, like, how are you going to share the gospel? And and uh, generally when, when you're sharing a meal with someone, like, that person is, is going to sit and listen to what you have to say. Like, it's, it's just naturally what we do when we're when we when we're sitting and eating with someone, we're going to talk and, and we're going to have a conversation and um, there. There's no point. I don't say there's no point, but there's. It wouldn't be wise of us to just constantly pray for someone and pray that they would accept Christ, um, but not take that opportunity ourselves and and try to to be who the Holy Spirit is going to move through to tell that person. The third is: Do you desire to see the banquet hall filled? Um, while, while we are excited to be those people that, that are counted, um, invited to the banquet, we, we are also that messenger that that he sends. We're, we're the messenger sent by the host, uh, with, with the host's good news of the invitation of the banquet. And so we need to take this charge seriously. We have the greatest news, and we get to take it to those who are hurting the most, the lonely, the lost. And, and we get to say, like, there is still room at the banquet that... Um, that you are not alone in wherever you are. And uh, the fact that, that we've been entrusted with with that gospel message, like, should excite us, that, that God not only brought us in, but, but he trusts us enough to, to send out that message and to invite other people into that meal. And then last here, we have the chance now to come together as, as one body, to, to break bread together and, and to share in communion. And so um, if, if if you're visiting B.C., if, if you're new here to B.C., um, in, in this moment we, we come up and and uh, we have uh, the bread and the juice and now we have these little cups and there's a tiny little cracker in there and you may have to work out a little bit to top off. But we have it. And and we, we as a body are excited about that because for months we, we weren 't able to do that together, and um, it, it is exciting to to come together as as one body of believers and and not only just say that like i 'm thankful that god saved me i 'm thankful that he brought me but like i 'm thankful that God saved you that, that God brought you in, and that I have these other believers to share my life with and and so we use this this opportunity to come together. Um, that, that we have people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people from, with different skin tones, people from different neighborhoods and more. And, and we come together um, weekly as, as one body and, and we're going to celebrate the gospel message. And so um, if, if, if you are a believer and, and you're, you're not a member here at BC, we still invite you to come up because we are uh, one body as believers and, and we are going to celebrate that, and so uh, feel free to come up in that. If, if you are not that, if, if you have not placed your trust in Jesus Christ as the Savior of your life, um, then, then we ask that at this moment you, you would not come up and do that because it doesn't make sense yet for you. Um, but we do ask that, that if, uh, if, if that's something that, um, that you feel that, that God is calling um, in your life now, like come and talk to one of us. Um, I mean, pre- pretty much anyone in this room will be glad to talk to you. They'll be excited to talk to you. And so just grab someone and, and talk with them and, uh, and, and be excited that, that in this moment that, that God is calling to you and he's inviting you into this feast and he's inviting you to be part of his body and, and to uh, adopt you as, as his own child and... Uh, and love you, and so uh, I'm going to pray. Take take a moment, um, ponder on that. Uh, come up and uh, share in communion with us, Father. Again, we just uh, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come together as as a body, Father, to to celebrate all that you have done. We we thank you that uh, that you sent Jesus to to live a perfect life to die. Um, for our sins, Father. We thank you that uh, that while we are still sinners, that, that while we were in complete rebellion and against you, Lord, that, that you loved us enough to do that and that uh, that you draw us to you, um, that you desire relationship with you, and uh, we, we thank you so much for that. We, we ask that, uh, that your spirit would just press on our hearts, that, that we would be broken for those around us who are hurting and lonely, and, and completely lost without the gospel. We, we ask that, that you would just put that so greatly on our hearts that, that as we leave, we would just be uh, so excited to be the messengers who go out, that, that share that good news, that share that, uh, that there's no, no need to be that way, that there, there's no need to be hurt and lost anymore because we have the opportunity to, to have new life in you. Father, just uh, help us to, um, to be those peacemakers in our community. Um, show us specifically those around us who are hurting so that we know who to talk to. And, uh, and help us in this moment just, again, to come together as, as one body and to, to publicly uh, thank you and, and to uh, praise you and glorify you this morning. And we pray in your name. Amen.